This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, June 3rd. The U.S. equity futures indices are trading off 15 to 20 basis points across the board. So the S&P is off about eight and a half points. That's 20 basis points. The Dow is off 70 points. That's about 20 basis points as well. And the Nasdaq is down 26 points. That is about 19 basis points. So mild dips in U.S. equity futures. No major bias towards growth or value this morning. The major European indices are trading off a similar percent. So down about 20 basis points overall. None of the major subgroups are up or down more than um, about 70 basis points in Europe. So again, a relatively mild day so far, um, both in the U.S. and Europe. No huge discrepancy, again, versus growth or value in Europe. The major major Asian indices saw mixed price action. So yeah, Japan trade higher, while Hong Kong and mainland China saw losses. Um, you know, So it's a relatively sleepy morning once again. Just there's really not a lot of material shifts occurring on um, any of the major kind of macro news buckets. So just kind of running through some of the big ones. U.S. fiscal stimulus. Biden held another round of talks with the main Senate Republican negotiator um, Wednesday afternoon at the White House. No major progress occurred. They're going to hold another round of talks this Friday. Um, you know, again, I think you're going to see this process pivot back to a partisan reconciliation one over the coming days and weeks. But you still have a lot of issues on that front, even if Democrats are going to rely exclusively on their own party to try to move some of this legislation. You still have discord within the Democrats in the Senate. Remember, Senate Democrats need 100% participation. Um, Senate, um, I'm sorry, House Democrats need nearly 100% participation. You still have a lot of discord um, in both groups, particularly in the Senate, where you have um, at least two if not more, um, you know, quote unquote, moderates who are going to block um, a lot of the um, more controversial components of Biden's fiscal agenda. And then you also have some more technical aspects. You know, the Senate parliamentarian issued a ruling late on Friday that um, would create some headaches for Schumer to the extent he tries to use reconciliation again. So my view still is that you're not going to see huge tax increases um, but this process still has a, has a long way to play out going forward. On the international tax front, you are now um, coming up on the G7 summit. So you have a G7 finance ministers meeting this Friday and Saturday. And then next weekend, you have the G7 leader summit. You are going to see coming out of those events a commitment to move forward on this global minimum tax proposal that Biden has put forward. Um, you know, once again, I think the G7 commitment is going to be vague and non-binding, and this is only a small subset of the G20, which itself is only a small subset of the OECD. So you still have a long ways to go on um, seeing material progress on the global minimum tax run. But the headline risk is going to be increasing on both domestic taxes and the global minimum tax run going forward for the Fed. So the Fed came out yesterday and announced that the SMCCF, which is one of the pandemic era facilities that was rolled out. This is probably the single most important action the Fed took during the pandemic, as this was the facility that allowed the Fed to start buying corporate bonds. Remember, it didn't really buy anything because it didn't have to. The mere presence of it um, caused markets to dramatically reverse, and you saw spreads tighten materially just because that this was sitting out there um, as a possible participant. Um, 
the Fed's ability to reintroduce a facility like the SMCCF was circumscribed somewhat by legislation passed over the last several months. However, I think the precedent set by this will not be forgotten by the market. So even though this is kind of going away now formally, um, the fact that it was introduced to begin with, I think, again, will we'll stay in the back of markets' minds as a backstop that will um, you know, be re-implemented should markets really um, suffer material dislocations. But um, you know, again, this is one further step in the Fed kind of withdrawing from some of its most aggressive actions taken during the pandemic. The big one is going to be tapering of the traditional asset purchases, treasuries, MBS. So you had Fed's Harker come out um, yesterday on Wednesday. He's the latest Fed official to say how he wants to see the taper conversation begin. Um, you know, he thinks the Fed should be thinking about thinking about tapering. So again, that's likely the message Powell will be given will be giving on the 16th at the next Fed meeting and press conference. Um, you know, again, I think so long as tapering doesn't arrive before November, which is very unlikely, markets should hold in relatively well, but you are going to see again, it's more of a headline risk issue around this subject. Um, you know, again, I still don't think markets are kind of fully prepared for Powell to come out um, and just confirm that, you know, the Fed is in, in fact thinking about thinking about tapering. So that's something to keep in the back of your mind as we come up on the 16th. Um, and then, you know, before that, you have the big ECB meeting uh, next week on the 10th. Um, no huge economic growth figures this morning. Um, no major inflation data out this morning either. And then COVID is still very much the same as before, especially in the US. Um, you know, more positive headlines as far as reopening, um, you know, transmission numbers going down, vaccination figures going up, et cetera. Um, on the microphone, you had a bunch of earnings last night. You know, none of them are kind of, I'd say, really all that material for the broader tape this morning. Network Appliance, um, PVH, Splunk, Endeavor Group are some of the bigger ones. I have full summaries on everything in the piece this morning. I also have a preview of tomorrow's jobs report in the piece. So be sure to check that out. If you'd like uh, more details, please reach out to me. Um, and that is really kind of it for this morning. Like I said, it's, it's relatively quiet once again. Um, you know, I think the market is waiting on some of the bigger macro catalysts to come up, specifically the jobs report tomorrow, with the G7 finance ministers meeting over the weekend. Next week, you have a bunch of inflation figures, including China CPI, PPI. Um, Wednesday morning on the 9th, the US CPI. Thursday morning on the 10th, um, the G7 leader summit, which is next weekend. And then the Fed meeting coming up on the 19th. Um, for today, specifically on Thursday, the big events will be the ADP jobs report, which is at 8.15, US weekly claims, which is 15 minutes later at 8.30, services ISM at 10 a.m. You have a bunch more Fed speakers, um, and then a couple of earnings reports, nothing super critical this morning. After the close, you get Avago, um, DocuSign, Lululemon, and a few other smaller software names. So that is everything for this morning. Um, like I said, mild pullbacks in U.S. equity futures and Eurozone stocks, but relatively slow as far as kind of major news is concerned. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening.